Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, our gospel lesson takes place immediately after Jesus had finished these words. He said, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. And people will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and they will recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some who are last will be first, and some first who will be last. In other words, Jesus was teaching, don't see how much you can get away with and still enter into the kingdom of God. We should rather admit that we are saviors or we are sinners in everything and we need a savior. In Jesus, he is the savior that we need and he has brought us to faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. In faith, we should remain as close to Jesus as possible. Take advantage of church services where Jesus is proclaimed. Desire the sacraments when they are given. And search to know your Savior in the reading of the scriptures. You have an awesome opportunity that for much of history people did not have. Each one of us, I dare to say, has the word of God in our own homes or in our own dorms. If you don't, you can look it up on the internet. It's right there. Take that opportunity. Abide in Christ and he will abide in you. Jesus warns us that apart from him, we can do absolutely nothing. Nothing. We tend to think, well, surely I can do something. But Jesus says in John 15, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches, they are gathered and they are thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Faith in Jesus, it is the narrow door that we should seek to enter through, and that faith is only fed by the word. Now, the world in our own flesh, they reject this message. They want to stop this message. In our flesh, we want this to happen. We want to stray as far away from Jesus as we possibly can and still make it into heaven. You may think, well, that's not me. Trust me, it's you. (laughs) And it's me, it's all of us. We ask ourselves, How far can I go without actually breaking God's law? So often in catechism classes, I have heard people ask 
what they can do and not be breaking the commandment. We don't realize that when we're asking that question, we are showing in our hearts that we really want to keep this sin. Does that make sense? If I say, well, I'm not really sinning because I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that, what are we trying to do? We're trying to justify our actions, right? We're trying to say, I don't need a savior. We don't want to let go of our sin. We want to keep some things for ourselves. This is a sinful response to God's law. We want to keep our pet sins. We want to keep our grudges. We want to keep just this little bit because I've given so much, right? Have you ever asked what you can get away with and still get into heaven? I have. I have a lot. But whenever I have asked this, I was really saying that I had things in my life that I did not want to confess to Jesus as sin. I wanted to continue in those sins. I wanted, whether I knew it or not, I wanted to test God's grace and enter into heaven through a slightly larger door than the narrow door that Jesus spoke of. Now, after Jesus had finished teaching about the narrow door, at that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. Now, I have no idea why the Pharisees would have warned Jesus to leave. It seems like they wanted exactly what Herod wanted. But maybe they were concerned and they just wanted to get rid of Jesus. Like, if we can shut him up right here and get him out of here, then he'll stop teaching type, type of thing. Nonetheless, it was true that Herod wanted to kill Jesus. Herod was concerned about spiritual things. This fact we can deduct from his turmoil over John the Baptist. He was concerned about these spiritual things but he did not want to leave his earthly pleasures, nor did he want to be told that he was a sinner. So what did he try to do? He tried to silence the voice that told him he needed to repent. That voice was Jesus. He wanted to kill Jesus. Have you ever sought to silence Jesus in your life? Have you ever been convicted as you read his word or heard it preached and you ended up not coming back to church for a while? Have you ever been convicted so that when God speaks to you, you automatically dismiss it? There have been periods in my life where I have sought to kill God's voice. I would stop doing my, my daily devotions, or worse yet, I would keep reading God's word, 
and then compartmentalize anything that didn't agree with the sins in my life. I didn't want to confess them or change them, so I would just skim over those parts. Let me give you an example. If a Bible text told me, don't eat the cookie, I would just skim over that Bible text and pretend that it didn't have anything to do with me. He was just speaking about people in that time who had a real problem with cookies. I've done this many times. And I'm sure you probably have too. One, it was the battery, I know it. <laughs> okay, so I'll get a battery after this. But one thing I can think of is when people say, oh, I'm, I'm a Lutheran, or oh, I'm a Catholic, but I don't believe everything they teach. You see what I mean? Anything that convicts them, they want to get rid of. When we do this, we are saying that we want a slightly larger door than what Jesus is giving. We are actually trying to silence or get rid of God's word to us, his voice. Now, Jesus responds to the Pharisees' warnings this way. He says, go and tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons, perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. What he was saying is this. Even though Herod wants to silent me, he cannot change God's plan. We pray this. We say, thy kingdom come. And we confess in the small catechism that this means the kingdom of God is certainly coming by itself without our prayers. But we pray in this petition that it would come to us also. God's kingdom's coming. And even if we try to stop it, even if we try to kill it or silence it, we can't. Herod couldn't. We can't. Herod was fooling himself into thinking that he had any control at all. He should have recognized the coming of God's kingdom in the person of Jesus. And he should have confessed his sin so that he could receive forgiveness that he needed. Instead, he boorishly fought against God. We do this too. God's kingdom is coming to us even this morning. God's kingdom comes, we confess, when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit so that by His grace we believe His Holy Word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity.
God is sending us His Holy Spirit right now. Through this preaching, His kingdom is coming to you. There's nothing that we can do to stop it. We can either surrender and confess our sins and receive the healing that Jesus died to give us. Or we can fight a losing battle. Try to shut him up from this area in our lives. We can try to run. But there is no place to hide. And when you think about it, what does he long to give you? There is healing in his wings. Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets. What does that mean? They tried to shut up God's word. The city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers the brood under her wings. But you would not. Behold, your house is forsaken. And I tell you that you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And even that, it was a false pretext because six days later, or five days later, they would kill him. The people of Jerusalem did not recognize that Jesus was coming for their benefit. And when we tried to hold on to pet sins, unforgiveness, all of these things, we're saying, I don't want to be gathered. It's like when a person is afraid to go to a doctor or a dentist. They don't want to see these people for fear that they will find out that something's wrong. The people would rather live in ignorance even if it means that something is threatening their lives. When they think of, when they think of the doctor, they only think of pain. Well, they're partly right. There's pain. But the pain has to come in order for the healing to take place. It's the same way with Jesus. It's not painless. It's not. Confessing your sin? I remember one period in my life where I ran for so long. The funny thing is, I'd been coming to church every week. The fact is, I was in seminary. <laughs> But I was running from him. I was not hearing his word. And I did not want to confess. And I got to that point where the word hit me enough. And I confessed. And it was painful. I wept like a little baby. 
It's scary to come face to face with your sin. It's easier to run. But if we run, you know what we're doing? We're only hurting ourselves. Jesus wants to gather us as his children, like a hen gathers her brood. He wants to shelter you in the, in, under his wings, keep you safe. And by his word and by his sacrament, he wants to personally carry you through that narrow door. My prayer for my family, my children, myself, and for you are that we would stop struggling and submit to his loving care. In the name of Jesus, amen.